Hey, it's Buck here today with my good friend and vice president of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group, Stacy Ellis. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Buck. So how are things at Jim Ellis Automotive these days? Things are good. I mean, of course, we're still adjusting to the loss of my dad, who was running the business, and my grandparents, who founded the company, but we're finding our way. Stacy, I can't imagine that, that kind of loss in such a short period of time, let alone the impact on the business. Fortunately, we surrounded ourselves with a great team, so that really helps us a lot. Now, any truth to the rumors about Jim Ellis being sold? (laughs) We have no plans to sell the business. If anything, we're looking to grow. In addition to some new facilities, we're going to focus on what's worked in the past, making car buying quick, easy, and convenient. Well, speaking from experience, Stacy, I couldn't be happier with my recent purchase from Jim Ellis. That's great. Our motto is expect the best. Visit JimEllis.com. All the information you need is just a click away. Doesn't get any easier than that. Find your next vehicle at Jim Ellis Automotive. Six, four, Of the 643 podcast, just two short days away from opening day. Glad to be with you guys here. Uh, and excited to announce if you guys caught yesterday's episode on the air, we are now doing 643 on the weeknights, no longer just Saturdays and just the podcast. Now, whenever the Braves aren't playing or they have an early game or a late game, you'll be able to hear 643 on the airwaves at 680 The Fan, also on the 680 The Fan app. Let's go ahead and get right into this. So we got the season getting underway Thursday, and it's going to be a pretty straightforward matchup. You'll have the Braves and the Nationals. Again, not sure why it is that the Braves can't ever seem to start the season at home, but it's nice that they gave them kind of a gimme matchup. Max Freed taking on Patrick Corbin, and Patrick Corbin is terrible anyway. But to be a lefty and have to face this Braves lineup and be terrible That is an awful situation for a bad team in the Washington Nationals. That's okay. That's a them problem. Max Freed looks absolutely lights out this spring. I think we're going to see an even better Max Freed than we saw a season ago, where he was a five-win pitcher, which is not easy to do, by the way. Max Freed, who has really established himself as, if not the best left-handed pitcher in the game, the second best right behind Carlos Rodon. And for my money, you know, you can call me a homer or whatever, but for my money, I would take Max Freed over Carlos Rodon. I think Max is the type of pitcher that sometimes the numbers don't even really illustrate just how good he is, which is even more impressive when you see his numbers, which are really good. But he's a soft contact merchant who knows how to pitch and go deep into games every time out there through 185 and a third innings last year. That's a career high for him. Uh, He's got five to six pitches that he feels confident enough to use double digit percentage points of the time. And as he gets more and more comfortable with each of those pitches, he changes his sequencing up. He changes his speeds up on all of his pitches. He is just a nightmare for opponents to have to face. I don't think that's going to change this year. And I think there's an added benefit of when you see somebody like Spencer Strider and what he's able to do and just how dominant he was 
it has this effect on the rest of the rotation where it kind of makes everybody else know you got to bring your best because there's this other kid in here who, if he's at his best, he's going to completely outshine you. And while I'm not all that certain that Max is ever going to be uh, a uh, an actual – I'm not that certain that Max is going to end up being a Cy Young winner. I think there's a lot of competition for him in, in both leagues. That's not to say that he's not a Cy Young caliber of pitcher. I think if this were 10 years ago and the, the nature of the game was a little bit different, you didn't have so many guys who were striking out so many people, I think Max would be a Cy Young winner. I think he's kind of a throwback pitcher. And that's, that's good in a way as well. Because I do think that Max, because he's kind of that old school type of arm, I talked about this yesterday if you were listening um, on 680 The Fan, Max is a guy who's going to age really well. Not just because he's going to carry his velocity forever or whatever, but because he is a guy that doesn't even necessarily need to have his premium velocity or his premium stuff in order to pitch very well. This is how I've always kind of talked about Max. Max is an ace in baseball. He is one of the best pitchers in the game. I'd I'd have him top 15. But he is a little bit different from some of the other aces in that he has his best stuff, like his A-plus game, probably less often than any of the other premium aces outside of maybe Fromber Valdez. And that's kind of who you look I know there's a lot of people that think Fromber is the best lefty in baseball. Max is better than Fromber. It's not by a lot. They're very similar. But Max is a better pitcher than Fromber. And that's, that is a very important thing because you're not always going to have your best stuff. It's important to be able to pitch without your best stuff. And in this Braves rotation, where if everything breaks out and shakes out the way that we think, Max isn't even going to have to be number one because if Spencer has another year like he did in, in last season, if he has a full 170 innings, 180 innings that are the same rates as the 131 and two-thirds he had a season ago, then Spencer is going to be the best pitcher on the staff without Max ever taking a step back. That's part of the reason why this Braves team is just just so dominant across the board. You've got the lineup, which could realistically have seven players hit 20 home runs. You've got a pitching staff that's got Max Freed, that's got Spencer Strider, and then has Kyle Wright as the number three. And then we're talking about maybe it's Soroka who will come up in a little bit of time once he gets stretched out to be the five in this rotation. Then you go into the bullpen, which if you look at fan graphs at all, you'll notice the Braves bullpen is far and away projected to be the most valuable. You can point to left field, you can point to shortstop, but overall as a team, There is no weakness here. If you've got two weak spots in the lineup, that's not a a weakness for the team. You're still talking about being seven deep in the lineup. And oh, by the way, I know you don't take much from spring training numbers. Starting to look like maybe left field and shortstop might not be such a big weakness as we all thought. They're the weakest areas on the team, but that doesn't inherently make them a weakness. And you've seen Orlando Arcia since he's been named the starting shortstop and for me, that was still a very odd decision. I, I did. I still don't like the way that you hyped up Vaughn Grissom and then said that it was going to be a competition in spring. And, and look, Orlando has been fantastic the last week and a half. Vaughn beat him out for that job. Even Brayden Shoemake, you could argue, beat him out for that job. But they decided to roll with Arcia. Maybe it's because they they were getting better play from left field than they anticipated maybe it was for some for some of the work on the backfield we don't know the Braves aren't ever really going to tell you they say that they wanted 
uh, Vaughn, they, they say it's for depth reasons. I'm going to tell you, it's not about keeping Adrian Adrianza. There's a million Adrianzas out there. The Braves don't care about that. But they did not think that they'd be able to pass Arcia through waivers. They didn't want him to sit on the bench. And if they and, and Alex had said if he had if it had been Vaughn, he would be starting every day. And if it was Shoemaker, he'd be platooning with Arcia. Now maybe that still ends up happening later on. It is important to note that Orlando, while he has gotten steadily better since he's come over to the Braves, he actually was an above average hitter, above league average hitter last year for the first time in his career. He is a guy that typically has these big swings, and we're used to this. Dansby had the roller coaster too, but Orlando has been a little bit different. I hope it works out. I love Orlando Arcia. When the Braves first brought him over, I thought he was going to be the guy that took over for Dansby, but I still think Vaughn is the is the higher ceiling player. Now, Orlando's not exactly old. He's 28. He was a former top prospect. And, and Milwaukee, Lord knows, Milwaukee is just terrible when it comes to uh, developing position players, particularly their offense. So it's not I, I wouldn't say it's entirely his fault. He made some pretty big swing changes when he came over to Atlanta. And they've, they've done a good job. Like, they've done a great job with him. He's, he's looked like a totally different player. Hits the ball way harder. Everything else that goes on. I, I like Orlando. I kind of think he's a poor man's version of Javi Baez. And that's not me trying to be to be mean or anything. By the way, Javi Baez is a name I kind of watch out for. Uh, if if Orlando doesn't look like he's going to be the starting shortstop, uh, and if you could get Detroit to pay off a little bit of that money, because no way Alex is paying Javi Baez $23, 25000000 million. It's going to have to get under, I, I would assume, uh, since – Baez has an opt-out for next season. Probably wouldn't be too expensive. Detroit's not going to be good. And if Orlando struggles, if I'm saying that he's the poor man's version of Baez, Baez is a guy that if you put him on a team with stakes, he plays very well. The Braves are a team that are going to be in contention for World Series for the foreseeable future. Hard to think of better stakes for that. Uh, So Baez might end up being a good fit here. We'll see going forward. But the name of the game is see what Orlando can do. And since he's been named the starter, his defense has been lights out, and that's the, that's the main part here. That's what Alex is really looking for, is get, uh, get the defense done. As long as you can defend the position, he's, he's not really as worried about what you're going to get offensively. Although with Orlando, I think he can run into 15 homers if he gets a full season's worth of at-bats, maybe even a little bit more than that. If he can be just semi-consistent, then he's got the power to go 20, which would just be you know an eighth player in this lineup that could hit 20. I'm not going to bet that he's going to do that. That would be a pretty significant jump from from what we've seen from him. But hey, you know, roll with him until he proves otherwise. It is important to know Alex has not been wrong on any of these yet. Uh, Eddie Rosario's hitting the cover off the ball right now. Overall, the entire team, they, they just look like they're ready for the season to start today. Uh, for them, it's probably kind of sad that they have to wait until Thursday because this Braves team, they are absolutely rolling on all cylinders. Now, you're going to start to see players that uh, you've never really heard of in the lineups as we're just two days away. You don't want to see an injury two days before uh, opening day. But even even in that case, you got a bullpen game yesterday. It was fantastic. This offense, they're absolutely clicking. The bullpen, they're all clicking right now. You've seen some that struggled a little bit this spring, but as we've gotten closer and closer to opening day, everybody looks locked in right now. It's hard to find a reason... Not even to be down, but to not to just not be as high on the Braves as some others. I mean, I, I, I struggle to find another team in baseball that you should be higher on than the Atlanta Braves. And that's 
partly, I guess I am a homer, so that's going to be part of it. But it's also this team is just, they're so good everywhere. MLB came out with their power rankings, and they've got the Braves second behind Houston. And while I'm not going to argue or be upset about the Braves being named second, and I understand, you know, having them behind the team that just won the World Series, when you stack the two teams up head-to-head, it's kind of hard to make the case that the Braves are behind the Astros. Just, I'll, I'll make this as easy as possible here. Just looking at the two squads. Do you take Jose Abreu or do you take Matt Olson? I think I would take Matt Olson. Braves fans would say Matt Olson, but let's be kind and we'll call that a push. You look at second base. Altuve is going to be out for, he's going to be on the 60 day because he broke his thumb the WBC. So you're taking Ozzy there and you're probably taking Ozzy for this season, assuming Ozzy stays healthy. Shortstop, you're taking Jeremy Pena over Orlando Arcia. So right now we're at 1-1-1. Third base, you're taking Bregman or you're taking Austin Riley. Bregman's really good. Riley's better. Go into right field. Kyle Tucker, really, really good. Ronald's better. Center field, you're taking Chaz McCormick? No, you're taking Michael Harris. Left field. Now, Jordan Alvarez is going to play left field for them, at least for now, while as long as Michael Brantley's healthy, because Jordan is actually a better defender than Michael Brantley. So you're taking Jordan over the combination of Eddie and Marcelo Zuna, and you're doing that pretty easily. Catcher, you taking Martin Maldonado or Sean Murphy? That's not even a real question. You're taking Murphy. Get into the DH slot. Uh, are you taking the combination of Ozuna and Travis Darno? which I would still say you should probably expect more Travis Darno than Marcel, or are you taking Michael Brantley? Brantley can still get on base. He can still swing it a bit, but there's no power in that game, and when you're talking about DH, you're talking about a power position. For my money, I would take Travis Darno for the power aspect. Now, Brantley, for as long as he stays healthy, he'll be a better overall hitter, but it won't be by much, so I'd rather have the power. So give me give me the Braves there. You want to get into pitching? Max is better than Fromber. Slight, but he's better. Strider's better than Javier. Again, it's not a gigantic gap. Javier's outstanding, but Strider's better. Kyle Wright or Luis Garcia? Again, really close. Kyle Wright was better. Charlie Morton or Jose Urquidy? Close. Morton was better. Fifth starter, you can't really make a determination yet. Hunter Brown could be really, really good. Schuster and Dodd have both been excellent. And then it might end up, it still might end up being Soroka by the time this is all said and done. And if Soroka is Soroka, he'll be the best fifth starter in all of baseball. So rotation, you're leaning towards the Braves. Bullpen. You could argue that Rysel Iglesias and Rafael Montero are a push. AJ Minters, or I, I guess you would say Iglesias and Ryan Presley, but if you do that, Iglesias was better than Presley. Minter was better than Montero. Jimenez. Jimenez was better than Abreu. You go up and down this list, and the Braves just come out slightly ahead. It's not by a gigantic margin in pretty much any area, but the Braves do come out slightly ahead. So if you're just going based off of talent on these power rankings, the Astros are an incredibly good team. The Braves are still better. Now, just because you look at them and say they've got the most talent on the field, that doesn't mean that they're going to be the best baseball. It doesn't mean that they're going to run the table and and that you can automatically say they're going to win the World Series. It's a lot more difficult than that. But... 
it's hard to bet against it. Now, look, just because the Braves are, in my opinion, the most talented team, there's still a number of factors that go into figuring out who is going to be the best team in Major League Baseball. Usually we would look at your division, look at who you're going to be facing, look at the league you're in, and, and all sorts of things like that. This year, though, with a balanced schedule, while it's not going to even out completely, you're still going to play the teams in your division more than you're going to play everybody else, you are going to get a much better look, though, at which teams really are better. And maybe it's just a case of the Braves just match up better with the Astros than other teams do. The Braves did take a lot of the cues from their rebuild and the way they've built their organization. A lot of that was based on what Houston did, albeit the Braves' front offices are much better people than the Astros. The Astros' front office, they're great at what they do. They're not exactly great dudes. And I think Dana Brown is going to do a great job in changing that culture. Like, I think, I think that tells you everything you need to know about where the Braves are versus the Astros. And again, I'm not taking shots at the Astros. I keep bringing them up because they are the example of a great franchise right now. They've been in the ALCS, I think, six straight seasons, just coming off of another World Series. They're a, they're a fantastic franchise. But I think the Braves took their blueprint and they improved it. And now the Astros are trying to improve their improve themselves by by taking one of the architects of the Braves and Dana Brown. And that's a gigantic loss because when you look at this Braves team, one of the reasons why they're in this position that they're in is because they've just hit everything out of the park in terms of drafting and development. It's it's incredible. I mean, you look at Michael Harris, Spencer Strider. Uh, now, I was going to say Vaughn Grissom, but we'll, that remains to be seen, I guess. But Kyle Wright, who looked dead in the water, all of a sudden, he's one of the better threes in baseball. Schuster and Dodd came out of nowhere this spring, unless you've been listening to me and you would have heard about Dodd, but came out of relative nowhere to not just win a spot on this team, but to they were some of they were as good as anybody else that you could have looked around and seen in spring. They were fantastic. You look around all over the place. Austin Riley. These are guys that the Braves either drafted or developed. And Dana Brown was a big part of that, especially with the drafting. Shailing. It's go back to from the 2019 draft onwards. It's a clinic by Dana Brown and Alex Anthopoulos. I'd be lying if I said I'm not a touch worried about how this is going to affect the Braves going forward. That is, uh, I don't know how much of that Dana's responsible for versus how much of a hand Alex has in that. I trust Alex implicitly when it comes to anything to do with scouting. Because I've said for, for years now, Alex and I don't, don't have the same strategy when it comes to the draft. Like, I, I like a lot more of what Brian Bridges did as far as going for the higher ceiling type of guys. I don't necessarily like doing the high floor, low ceiling college bats early. That's not what I prefer. But you can't argue with results. And nobody has the same results of the Atlanta Braves, especially of the good teams. When you're picking one, two, three, you're supposed to get a great player. Now, baseball drafts are a little bit different. It's not always about who the best player is. Sometimes it's about saving money to spend down the line. But I don't think there's a team in baseball that's had the success that the Braves have had as far as how quickly they're drafting guys, developing guys, and getting them up on the big league roster, and then getting them extended. That's the other area of this. I'm not saying Alex can afford to take his foot off the gas, but when you look at the outlook for 2023, the reason why it's a better outlook than 2022 is just because you didn't have to make a lot of changes. Sure, you lost Dansby, 
but you're not making wholesale changes. It's just internal development from players that are so young in their career that you expect improvement year to year. Like what you're seeing this year could very well end up being the best Braves roster we've ever seen until 2024 when that roster could end up taking another step forward. Because you're still talking about the vast majority of the stars on this team are 25 or younger. It's absolutely crazy. I'm so thankful as a Braves fan that I get to actually watch this because I, I, I do remember the 90s. I remember the Braves being the class of the National League, but it was a different class of the National League. Their style was just different. Now, they won a lot of games. They had really strong rosters, and they always disappointed in the postseason because they were a team that was built. I don't want to say they were built entirely on pitching. That, that doesn't do their lineups justice. They had some really good lineups, but they were top-heavy. And they were teams that would struggle to hit consistently in the postseason. They were a pitching and defense wins championships type of team. And that's not how it is. Generally speaking, you got to be able to bang. If you can't bang, you're not going to win. It's why the Mets aren't going to win a World Series. If you can't hit the ball out of the yard, once you get into the postseason, and all of a sudden you're facing the best pitchers in baseball, you got to be able to scratch across a couple of runs on one hit. It's just kind of how it works. This Braves team, they can play any style of game and come out on top. You want to play a one nothing game? Fine. It's hard to beat what the Braves can throw at you, especially once you get to the seventh inning and get into that bullpen. You want to win a slugfest, 8-7? to seven? All right. Hard to do that against a team that's going to have seven guys that hit 20 home runs. Could even possibly have eight if Arcia gets a full season of at-bats and is semi-consistent. I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know what you want to do. I don't know how you I don't know how you game plan to beat this Braves team. I guess you can, you can hope that you get kind of lucky like the Phillies did and everything's clicking on all cylinders for you, or the Braves just get worn out chasing down the Mets. And that really is the story here for me. As you look into the 2023 season, the biggest hurdle for the Braves is not overcoming any singular team. It's making sure they don't get off to that slow start again. Because this, this is my one bone of contention. Two years in a row now, the Braves have waited until the All-Star break, basically, to start playing baseball. You can't do that every single year. The Mets, while they're not a World Series team because they don't have the power, at least until they get smart and call it Brett Beatty, they are a good roster. They are a very good team. And if they weren't in the National League East, they would probably win any other division in baseball outside of maybe the AL West. Because I don't know that they're better than Houston. But it'd be a tight contest. And while I think the Braves are better than Houston... I don't think the Bra I don't think the Mets are that far off. I think the biggest difference between the Mets and the Braves is power. You don't want to rely on the Mets being the Mets and blowing a giant lead and being disappointing. That is not a recipe for success long term. At some point that will bite you in the keister. And I'm not really interested in being a wild card team. I know it's fine, and you can still win as a wildcard team, and the Phillies got to the World Series as a wildcard team. Cool. Awesome. I want to win the division. I want to be the best from top to bottom. I want to be the best roster in baseball. I want to be the best win-loss team, and I want to go on and I want to win the World Series as a favorite. I don't really want to be an underdog. That's all cool when it works, and it's a cool story. I'd rather be the team that's on top all the way through. And this season, in 2023... Outside of the Mets, who I guess you could make a case for if everything breaks their way and things don't break the way of the Braves, 
then fine, the Mets could take it. But outside of that, there's nobody else in the National League that holds a candle to this roster. The Padres, they're one through four in their lineup. You're not going to beat that. When you got Bogarts and Tatis and Machado and Soto, you're not beating that. But it's very top-heavy. The rest of that lineup, Cronenworth, Ha-Sung Kim, Trent Grisham, it's okay. Austin Nola, it's okay. It's not, it's not great, though. It's not one that, that you look at and think, oh, that's a world-beating lineup. That top four is. I don't want to take anything away from them. But the rest of that lineup and their rotation and their bullpen is not. The Dodgers, there's a real chance the Dodgers finish in third this year. Now, they probably won't. It's the Dodgers, so they'll call up some prospects, and they'll be all-world. Maybe it's Gavin Stone. Maybe it's Bobby Miller. Who knows? Maybe maybe it's Dalton Rushing. I don't know. Diego Cartaya. But they're going to have a fight on their hands to hold off Arizona. The Braves, they seem like a lock to me. Now, that does that that should scare me a little bit, but it doesn't. And as we get ready to roll two days from now, I don't know when exactly we're going to tell. Maybe it's that next series against St. Louis. St. Louis has a really, really good lineup. They do. They don't have the pitching staff to compete with what the Braves are going to be throwing out there, but they do have an excellent lineup. They do have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, and they are an outstanding defensive team. And again, it'll be too early to take anything away from it, really, because it'll be the second series of the season. But if the Braves come out firing on uh, on all cylinders and they take out the Cardinals and they, they look like they're just better than the Cardinals, I'll start really getting excited. You guys will have to kind of tone me down a little bit. Because if this Braves team f- plays a full season, last year they won 101 games and they, they took two months off of baseball. They play a full season this year, start to finish, even with the balanced schedule, this is easily a 105-win ball club, if not more. That's the level of talent this Braves team has. That's the level that they can be. That's the level that they can put the MLB on, on, on absolute notice. I can't wait to get it started. It'll start on Thursday because the poor Nationals have to take on Max Fried, and they, in, in turn, are throwing Patrick Corbin. Uh, should be... <laughs> Should be a heavily advantaged Brave squad who are great against lefties anyway, and Corbin, who might be the worst starting pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. Can't wait to get that underway. We will, uh, we will do an episode on Thursday. It will be a 105 first pitch, so I don't know if I'll actually get an episode up, but you will be able to, to, to hear me uh, that night, 6 to 8 p.m., on 643 weeknights where we can cover it, and I'm so excited. But for now, uh, enjoy the next couple of days. I know it's going to feel like it's taking forever. We're almost there, everybody. We are just under two full days. Y'all be good. Uh, if you listen, I'll be on. Uh, I'll be on six eight of the fan tonight, six to eight p.m. for six four three weeknights. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back uh, at some point. If it's not Thursday, it'll be next Tuesday. Have a good night, now, everybody. That's all, folks. 
Hey, it's Buck here today with my good friend and vice president of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group, Stacy Ellis. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Buck. So how are things at Jim Ellis Automotive these days? Things are good. I mean, of course, we're still adjusting to the loss of my dad, who was running the business, and my grandparents, who founded the company, but we're finding our way. Stacy, I can't imagine that, that kind of loss in such a short period of time, let alone the impact on the business. Fortunately, we surrounded ourselves with a great team, so that really helps us a lot. Now, any truth to the rumors about Jim Ellis being sold? (laughs) We have no plans to sell the business. If anything, we're looking to grow. In addition to some new facilities, we're going to focus on what's worked in the past, making car buying quick, easy, and convenient. Well, speaking from experience, Stacy, I couldn't be happier with my recent purchase from Jim Ellis. That's great. Our motto is expect the best. Visit JimEllis.com. All the information you need is just a click away. Doesn't get any easier than that. Find your next vehicle at Jim Ellis Automotive. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.